I'm very excited to be uh, back in the pulpit. This is actually the first time that I've preached since camp. So it's been a good minute, but I'm back, and so it's going to be a lot of fun. Are y'all ready to have some fun tonight? Yeah. Good, good, because it, this sermon is going to be very fun, very encouraging, but in the midst of all this fun, can you guys do me a favor? Can you, like, lean in? Can you give me your best attention? Because I don't want you guys to miss what God's going to speak to you because of all the fun. Can you guys do that for me? Awesome, awesome. It's going to be great. So, um, as a recap, for any of our first-time guests, we have two, maybe just one now, but, uh, and if you maybe have missed the past couple weeks, we are in a sermon series called Basics, and in this we are looking at the basic um, teachings and practices of Christianity, like Christianity 101. And so Pastor Stefan kicked off this series with Pick Jesus. It was a two-part series, and in that, he talked about some reasons that people choose not to pick Jesus. And then he talked about some reasons that people do choose to pick Jesus. You guys remember that? Nod your head if you remember. All right. Oh, the guys don't remember at all. That's horrible. There was no head nodding going on there. And then last week, Mr. Daniel talked about what? Worship. Worship. All right. He did a phenomenal job, and he asked this powerful question, why do demons hate our worship? And then the answer, if you guys recall, that he gave to that question was that they don't want us to win, right? So they don't want us to win because when we worship, it transforms us, it renews us. And so his counter to that is, well, the devil doesn't want us to win, so what are we going to do? We're going to win. We're going to be transformed. We're going to be renewed. And so that brings us to tonight. And tonight I am preaching on dun da 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 heaven. Fun topic, and that's like I said, it's going to be a fun topic. I don't know about you guys, but the topic of heaven gets me so excited. Does, does heaven excite anybody else in here tonight? Am I talking to the right, right group? Yeah, there you go. A couple of y'all didn't raise your hands, but that's okay. Hopefully, by the end of tonight, heaven will excite you. And uh, so, but I understand. It's cool. I understand why maybe some of you didn't raise your hands because you know as well as I, that you're not going to experience heaven until you die. And so none of you are in a hurry to experience death, which makes sense. I mean, if you were kind of in a hurry to die, then we need to set you up in some counseling, you know, because, you know, that would not be good, okay? So I get it on the one hand. But hopefully tonight I'm going to present a different angle on it that you guys can get excited about, okay? And so heaven, it's a, uh, it's a pretty mysterious topic, right? Like we, and I think the reason for this is actually the Bible tells us a lot about heaven, if you really look at it, but not many Christians have taken the time to study all that the Bible says about heaven. And really, that included me up until this sermon. But uh, how many of you guys have ever wondered about heaven? How many of you guys have ever wondered, like, what will it be like? Like, what will we do there? Awesome. Well, that is the question that we're going to be looking at and answering tonight. So to start off, you guys are uh, senior higher, so I'm expecting brilliant answers, Bible-based answers. So why don't you guys raise your hand and tell me, answer these questions for me. What will heaven be like? What will we do there? Somebody raise your hand. Okay, Curry. Okay, so beyond imagination, beyond what we can uh, even describe. Okay, the Bible does tell us. Come on, don't, 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 don't let me scare y'all away. Y'all got something, I know. Don't make me call people out. Joshua? Life. 
So he's saying we can't sleep in heaven. So he's saying it's an all-night party, okay, Miss Charisma. A Christian party, right, Joshua? Christian party, right? Got to keep it, got to keep it Jesus. All right, Charisma. Dwell in God's love. Get to talk to Jesus. Ask him questions. I dig. Absolutely. Another lady? Another brave soul? All right, Miss Hannah. No sin, death, pain. Absolutely. All right, one more. David, blow me away, man. Guys, I can't hear David. It'll be heaven. So deep. So deep. I, exactly what I was expecting from you, my friend. <laughs> Let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll dive into um, the message. So, Father God, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to be here to speak your word, and Lord God, to talk about heaven. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll just awaken our hearts, that you will just burn that desire for heaven inside each and every one of us, Lord God, and that we will be changed tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so tonight I have titled my sermon, Mythbusters Heaven Edition. How many of you guys watch the show Mythbusters? Yeah, okay, quite a few of you. I didn't really get big into the show, watch maybe an episode, maybe two, you know, whatever, but uh, we're not going to blow anything up tonight, so don't get too excited, I know, I know, but we are going to bust some myths, okay, and so, because the way that I'm going to do this sermon is I'm going to look at two myths, common myths that a lot of people, including Christians, believe about heaven, and then I'm going to bust those, talk about what heaven's really like, and then we'll go from there, okay? So, first myth, diving right on in. All we will do in heaven is worship. All right, how many of you guys have ever thought that before, that all I'm going to be doing in heaven is worshiping? Okay? So, a few of you have, have thought that before. Now, Mr. Daniel, he did a phenomenal job, as I already said last week, talking about heaven. And worship is definitely something that we will do in heaven. But it won't be the only thing, okay? It will be central to what we do. Now, fellas, can you, can you calm down on the front row for me? Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, I love worship, but can I be real with you guys for a second? Can I, can I be real? The thought of worshiping for all of eternity sounds incredibly boring to me, okay? And now I know it's going to be way different in heaven because, you know, I'm going to be seeing Jesus. I'm going to be seeing God and, you know, I'm going to be dancing with the angels and going crazy. And so it's going to be amazing. But in my worldly thinking, I just can't help but think that after a thousand years, I'll have sung every song that was a Christian song, you know, when I was alive. I'll have sung every song throughout Christian history that was ever a thing. And a thousand years. I know that sounds like a long time, right? But that's like not even a second of eternity. I think this cartoon kind of summarizes the view that a lot of people have about heaven. <laughs> Wish I'd brought a magazine, you know? Just, they, they, but I got news for you. Heaven is not going to be just us floating around on a cloud, strumming on a harp, or just an endless worship session, okay? So that's not the way it's going to be. So if that's not what we're going to be doing, what are we going to be doing? All right? In heaven, we're going to have jobs. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you're going to have some work to do in heaven. So if we, how do I, how do I know this? Well, if we look back to the beginning, um, before 
Adam and Eve had sinned, and even before God had created woman, we see that Adam had a job to do. Did you guys know that? He was the gardener. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Okay, so Adam was a gardener. He had a job, and this was in the first paradise, all right? And then from there, the Bible teaches us, Paul tells us, we will judge angels, all right? And then Jesus tells us in Luke that we will rule cities. And he said to him, well done, good slave, because you've been faithful in a very little thing, you are to be an authority over 10 cities. So we'll rule cities, we'll rule nations even, or regions, So we're going to have those types of jobs to do. And in addition to that, God is the creator. That's one of his names. It's one of the many attributes of who he is. I looked this up online the other day, and this blew my mind. So astronomers tell us that currently there are at least 100 billion galaxies in the observable universe. All right, so that blows my mind for two reasons. One, that's at least. So that's the minimum. And then secondly, that's in the observable universe, what we can see with our telescopes and satellites and stuff like that. So we know, without a doubt, there's way more galaxies out there than that. And a galaxy like the Milky Way is a galaxy, our sun, our planets, all the stars that are here. So that's pretty ridiculous, I think. And, but the Bible indicates that God will continue creating into eternity. Let's look at Isaiah 9, 6. I want you guys to read this together with me. One, two, three. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. All right, we're going to pause right there. So who is this verse referring to? Y'all are smart. Good job. It is Jesus. All right, so then the very next verse says... There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. All right, so there's going to be no end to Jesus' government, to his kingdom. And so that, to me, indicates that it's going to be ever-expanding. And so that if there's going to be no end to the government, God's going to be creating more galaxies. He's going to be creating even potentially new species. And with these species, we're talking about what jobs we would have in heaven, because there's some weird stuff in heaven. We already know this. There's creatures with, like, covered in eyes, and they got, like, six wings, and one looks like a lion, and another looks like an ox, you know? So there's some weird-looking stuff in heaven right now. And so God, he's a creative person. I mean, look, he made y'all. So, you know, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Kidding. He made me, too. I can tell you. He's very creative that he made me, so I'll take it on myself. So... But God is creative, so he's going to be making new species, I believe, and he's going to entrust us with the job to teach them about the gospel and the way of God, okay? Because there'll be no more sin in heaven, but there's still going to be hell, and they'll need to know about the gospel and the way of God. And after the end times are complete, and Satan has been finally thrown into the lake of fire once and for all. The final judgment has taken place. This is what Revelation 21.1 says happens next. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. So pausing right there. So God is going to destroy the old earth, this earth, and the current heaven, and he's going to create a brand new one and a new earth. 
So, and then the next verses, I'm just going to summarize it. Three different times in these next verses, it says God's dwelling is going to be among men. So there's going to be the new heaven, the new earth, and then it says the new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven and is on the new earth. And that is where God will dwell with his people. And so, and so since we're going to be dwelling on the new earth, which is going to be essentially like, like heaven because Jesus is there, but it's earth. And so certain things that we do now, we're going to do, I believe, in the future. And the Bible tells us certain things. For instance, the Bible says we're going to eat in heaven. I know, right? Exciting. Now, I'm believing that we're going to be able to eat as much as we want, whenever we want. Still going to have, we're going to have six packs, though. Never get overweight. I'm believing we're not going to have brain freeze, not going to have, you know, heartburn. You know, can I get a witness, all right? <laughs> now, now I can't, I can't prove all of that 100%, but, but I, can't, I do know this. Nobody will be sick in heaven from being overweight. Nobody is going to get food poisoning. The food is going to be off the chain. Yeah, you can go ahead and show up the desserts to tempt them with some of that. <laughs> All right. So another thing that is familiar here on earth that will be in heaven, books. All right. So some of this it excites. Some of these it doesn't excite, but that's okay. I understand. It'll be optional, I believe. <laughs> Hey, you're going to have eternity. You're going to have eternity. You might want to pick up a good book every now and again. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> all right. And so I believe there will be books for, that are for knowledge, but also for pleasure. There's nothing wrong with a good fantasy that's, you know, clean and God-honoring and that sort of stuff. So there will be uh, books in heaven, music. We know there will be music. And if you're gifted in something right now on the earth, there's, a, a, I think, a very good chance you're going to still have that gifting in heaven. So if you're a musician now, then why wouldn't you be creating music for the glory of God into eternity? That wouldn't just go away. Same thing if you're an artist or if you're like a scholar or anything like that. And then uh, lastly, sports will probably, this is a probably, it's not a definite, they will probably be in heaven. But again, there's nothing sinful about sports in and of themselves. So why wouldn't they be in the new earth? So first myth, all we will do in heaven is worship. We have busted that myth. We will have jobs in heaven in addition to a bunch of other stuff that we'll be doing. Amen? Amen. All right, so second myth. It is not good to focus on heaven. This is the myth that we're busting. How many of you guys have ever heard the phrase that somebody is so heavenly-minded they're of no earthly good? Has anybody ever heard this phrase? Raise your hand so I can see you. Okay, other than just me saying it just now. Okay, it's an older phrase. A lot of the leaders raise their hand. That's all good. But I've heard this phrase before, and actually it's been around for a while. But basically this phrase, if you listen to it, it's just it's something that's used to negatively describe people who have a longing in their hearts for heaven and are continually thinking about it. And basically this quote argues that these people are just living in the clouds and that their lives here on the earth make no earthly difference to those around them. Can I tell you guys a secret? Okay, because it's a secret. So not only is this phrase wrong, it's unbiblical. I know, right? Not only is this phrase wrong, it is unbiblical. As I said, this phrase hasn't, isn't new. 
See, it was around the 1940s when C.S. Lewis was alive, a famous Christian author, and this is what he had to say about it. Hope is one of the theological virtues. This means that a continual looking forward to the eternal world is not, as some modern people think, a form of escapism or wishful thinking, but one of the things a Christian is meant to do. It does not mean that we are to leave the present world as it is. If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. The apostles themselves who set on foot the conversion of the Roman Empire, the great men who built up the Middle Ages, the English evangelicals who abolished the slave trade, all left their mark on earth precisely because their minds were occupied with heaven. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this. Aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. So just as a a recap, because I know that was kind of a long quote. So C.S. Lewis, he says, this phrase has got it all wrong. Because it's really the people who think the most about heaven that make the greatest impact in their world. And when we lose sight of heaven, that's when our lives no longer make any difference in this earth. Paul said it this way in Colossians 3, 1 through 2. Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. So not only is this phrase wrong, not only is it unbiblical, it's the complete opposite of the way that you and I are supposed to be living. We're supposed to be seeking heaven. We're supposed to be constantly thinking about it. Amen? Amen. I've got a story for you guys that's a, uh, a little weird, so, so stay with me on this, okay? So when I was y'all's age, when I was a teenager, I had such a longing in my heart for heaven. And now my life was good. I wasn't suicidal or anything like that, so don't, don't freak out on me, okay? But in my heart, I just could, I was so excited about the thought of heaven. In fact, it was so severe at times that I even prayed multiple times and asked God to just let me die in my sleep so that I could go and be with him in heaven. Now, I will confess that this has substantially gone down since I started dating Sabrina because I love her and I love every minute the Lord gives me with her. (laughs) My wife, ladies and gentlemen. But nonetheless, even though it has gone down, that desire, that excitement is still there. In fact, I even have a, uh, a playlist on my iTunes, on my iPhone. It's called Heaven. I was listening to it today as I was you know, getting ready for today's message. And it's uh, got like seven different songs on it. And in all of them, they just express a longing, a desire, an expectation for heaven. Now, if this sounds crazy to you guys, I've got news for you. There's a reason for that. If this excitement and longing that I was just talking about is just something you've never felt, and right now, honestly, you think I'm just the weirdest person on the planet, I've got news for you. You're really the strange one. That is, if you claim to be a Christian. If you don't claim to be a Christian, then then okay. But if you claim to be a Christian, then you're honestly the strange one. And the reason for this is how excited you are about heaven and how much you think about it 
is an indicator of how worldly you are. You see, if you think right now, man, I would hate to die right now and go to heaven again. I don't want any of you guys to die right now, so don't get, don't get it messed up. But if you think, man, I would just hate to go to heaven because of all the things I would miss, all the things I never got to do, and your thinking is way off. See, heaven is a million times more fun than this earth will ever be. But I know it's pretty hard to be excited about heaven when you're so consumed with this world and this life when you're so wrapped up in the media and in the, the video games and in the drama that's going on in your life and you got the pressures of school and maybe you got that crush then, you know, that's consuming so much of your thinking and just the media has wrapped you up. It's hard to think about heaven. But you guys, when heaven is real to you, when it's realer to you than me, than this room, when it's the reality that you see and that you long for, it will fuel your life. And that's what we want for you guys. We want heaven to be what fuels, what motivates you, what you think about when you get up because of Jesus. Can I share the reason that I'm most excited about heaven with you guys? Got one more scripture. We're bringing it to a close quick. Revelation 22, three through four. There will no longer be any curse and the throne of God and of the lamb will be in it and his bondservants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. Guys, this is the reason I'm so excited about heaven, the parts that's underlined, because I'll finally get to see my Savior, the one who died for me, who's spoken to me hundreds of times, who's been with me through life's ups and downs, who I've connected with and worshiped, but I've never seen I'll finally get to see him. I'll get to worship at his feet, to behold his glory, to see his face. That's what I'm so excited about. Not because of the place, but because of the person. Because of my Jesus who is waiting there for me. I want to close tonight. And there's a lot more that I could say about heaven. We could just talk for days, hours. And I would highly rec recommend you guys check out Pastor John. He has a ser one sermon on hell, one on heaven. They're both fantastic, and they'll help you go deeper in this. But I want to close tonight by um, reading the lyrics to a song. It's one of the songs off my playlist. It's called What Could Be Better by 33 Miles. I've heard it said today is all we're given. Tomorrow may not come, so you better start living. I guess it all depends on your point of view. Pardon me if I just don't listen to everything the world says I'm missing. There's nothing here and now I'm going to hold on to. I'm living in the days ahead. I'm already dancing on the streets of gold. Can't stop celebrating in my soul. I'm living in the days ahead. Nothing on earth could ever compare. Can't wait for the day that I get there when I see Jesus face to face. Tell me what could be better. Tell me what could be better. If home is where the heart is, then I'm in heaven. It's the promise of tomorrow that I've been given. Who is waiting there? I am living for. He's everything I love and I believe in, and I can hardly wait just to see him and hear him say, well done. I couldn't ask for more. Gabby, you can go ahead and turn on some music.
Does this express the way that you feel about heaven tonight? Or is tonight the first time in a long time that you've thought about heaven? Maybe there's some of you in here tonight, and this is the first time that you've seriously thought about heaven ever. See, heaven is a perfect place, and no sin is going to be allowed in it. And no person is good enough on their own to get in. That's why God sent Jesus. He sent him so that he could live the perfect sinless life that you and I could not live on our own. And then he died on the cross, took the punishment that we deserved, and died in our place. So that if you believe in his sacrificial death, and if you surrender his life to his lordship, that's what we sang tonight at the cross, I surrender my life to you. Have you surrendered your life to Jesus tonight? Because if you believe in his sacrificial death and you surrender your life to him, then when you die, you'll get to go to this place I've been talking about. You will get to see Jesus' face and be in heaven. But if you haven't done that, then you're going to go to hell which is what I deserve, and it's what you deserve. None of us are good enough to get into heaven on our own. I want to talk to three groups tonight for our altar ministry before we break up into small groups. If everyone would close your eyes, bow your heads. There are some of you in here tonight, and you know in your heart that if you were to die tonight, that you would not be in heaven. And if that's you in this place, maybe you, you've heard about Jesus hundreds of thousands of times. Maybe tonight is the first night you've ever really heard the gospel presented. If that's you in this place, but you know in your heart you're not fully in. You're not fully committed. You're not ready to surrender your life to Jesus because you don't know what all that means. But you're telling me, Pastor Tony, I want to know. I want to find out. I want to research and see if what you're saying is true. Eternity's forever, guys. If that's you in this place, would you raise your hand right now? Raise it high so I can pray for you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Father God, I thank you for these that rose, raised their hands. Lord God, I pray that there would just be a fire in their hearts. Lord God, that you would burn this message, that you would burn the thought of heaven on their hearts and minds. Lord God, that they would not rest until they get it settled, Lord Jesus. And that they would go after you and that they would do the research to find out, Lord God, where they stand with you. Second group, those of you who would say, same group, is if you died tonight, you would not be in heaven. But tonight's the night. You're ready to surrender everything. You're ready to stop playing games, ready to be all in. If that's you, would you put your hand up right now? Raise it high so I can see it. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hand down. Father God, I just thank you for these that raise their hands. Lord God, I pray that you would move in their hearts right now. I pray that you would seal this word in their hearts, Lord God. Pray, Lord Jesus, that heaven would be what fuels their life, what consumes them, the thought of standing before you, Lord Jesus. And we just bless them right now in Jesus' name. Head still bowed, eyes still closed, last group. It would be the rest of you, those who are saved, and 
you are going to heaven, but this sermon has made you realize that you don't think about heaven. In fact, if we're honest, you have no excitement or longing to go there because this world feels more like home to you. But tonight, you want to raise your hand so I can pray for you that God would help shift your focus from this world and being consumed with it to being consumed with heaven. If that's you, would you just put your hands up right now? All over the place, praise God. You guys can put, just, just put your hands in a position of worship as I pray over you. Father God, I just thank you for these hands, Lord God. I thank you for your children, Lord God, who love you, Lord God. I pray that you would shift their focus right now, Lord God, so that they would be consumed with heaven, that they would be consumed with the thought of you, Lord God, in the day when they stand before you and get to see your face, Lord God. I pray that they would not lose sight of heaven, but that it would be the thing that fuels everything they do in life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.